It's time for the October 7th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on National Inner Beauty Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, singer, songwriter, musician, and peace activist, Mahler, the fake news dog. That's right, Mahler. Can, can I just say something about Mahler? What? He was the fake news dog long before it was fashionable to That's be it. in the fake news yeah. business. He was way ahead uh-huh. of that. So he's a groundbreaking uh, pooch. Yeah, he is. Really is. Way to go, he really Mahler. is. Way to go. Yeah. Way before anybody yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah. Today we'll be talking about Easter Bunny lawsuits, hurricane real estate, Oz the dog killer, Barry Bonds, and then some. But first, do you think I smoke too much marijuana, Mike? Well, by comparison to who, that would be a critical part of the that conversation. Oh no, Willie Nelson. <laughs> You know, Snoop Dogg. No, no, no. As far as compared to normal, no. Compared to normal, no. I don't. There's a normal amount. Well, there should be, don't you think? I yeah, there should be, but (laughs) I didn't know there was kind of a normal amount (laughs) that people are out there smoking. Well, on a spectrum of Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson, no, yeah. Yeah. And the the thing is, is what counts really? If you can smoke a lot of pot and you don't feel it, yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? What like, is up I with never that? understood pe- people saying I could drink you under the table. Well, <laughs> isn't that the point to be under the table? Isn't that why you're drinking right here, right now? It is. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're trying to be under the table. Yeah. What if I can just drink a glass of beer? I'm under the table. That's good, isn't it? That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Should. I'm be. saving a lot of money. Yeah. And boom, I'm I'm there. <laughs> From the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, or as we like to call them, normal. Normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of funny when they named yeah. themselves normal. And it, also clever. Yeah, I agree. President Joe Biden announced a pardon for all prior federal offenses of simple possession of marijuana. Yes. A pardon. A pardon. Yeah. He went on to urge all governors to do the same with regards to state offenses. President also called on the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General to begin the administrative process to review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. Marijuana is currently classified in Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act under federal law. Mm-hmm. This classification puts marijuana in the same schedule as heroin and LSD and even higher than the classification for uh, fentanyl and methamphetamine, two drugs that are fueling the ongoing overdose epidemic across the country. As we have said for years and years, until they move marijuana off schedule one, yeah, we haven't, this thing isn't over. Yeah. In response to Biden's announcement, Normal's executive director, Eric Altieri said, since 1965, Nearly 29 million Americans have been arrested for marijuana-related violations, for activities that a majority of voters no longer believe ought to be a crime. Congress should it be inspired by the administration's actions today to act quickly and send legislation to the president's desk 
that would help close this dark chapter of our history. Mm-hmm. 29 million Americans. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and we laugh and joke about it now, and yeah. we did in the past, but we had to hide to laugh and joke about it in the past. Well, what I always thought was fascinating about the whole issue of surrounding marijuana, the criminalization of it, is that there was, it was an open secret in society for decades. They, yeah, there were movies about it. People joked about it. And, it, and the, the sort of relationship to real life, which was in Texas back in the 70s, people were being sentenced to life sentences yeah. for possession of marijuana. Yep. But it was just this weird relationship that society had with marijuana. Open secret, people laughed, joked about it, everything else, and yet people were, thousands of people were in prison for years and years over it. I would say it made people disrespect science and government. Yeah. If you were being told that it had the same effect as heroin. Right. Right. And then you saw your friends smoking it and being just fine. Well, hopefully yeah. this does mean we're moving towards taking it off Schedule 1. By the way, when it's on Schedule 1, it really restricts the ability to do the research on marijuana. Yeah. It's gotten better over the last few years. However, you couldn't even consider the idea that marijuana wasn't harmful because it was a Schedule 1 and there was the funding would dry up. You That's wouldn't the have problem it. was yeah. the funding, too. Yeah, yeah. There was no couldn't test it. You yeah. couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Right. Or what was right with it. Right. Would you like some right now? <laughs> I would. Yeah, really? Yeah, I just bought a Pax pen. Oh, really? Oh, good for you. Yeah, just did. Hey, you know, they're on sale. I just why I bought it. Yeah? Yeah. They're got a, got a sweet instrument. deal, got the whole kit and everything. What do you mean the whole kit? Well, you get the cleaning and the... Oh, the well, it wasn't just the pen. You Everything that comes with it. Oh, you mean when you opened up the little box, yeah, you it, saw everything that came with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's a nice little thing. It's like the Apple computer <laughs> of vapes. It is. Yeah. It's even got that, that burnished finish to it, the same as the, the yeah. Apple. I think they know their audience. Well, it's going to make you hungry. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doing that. Yeah, did, you, yeah. did you ever eat a chocolate Easter bunny? <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. after you <laughs> had a little off your packs? <laughs> What part did you eat first <laughs> off the bunny? Uh, you know, I, I think it was for the ears first. They're they're yeah. they're the most obvious. Well, they're just so sticking you, out. Yeah, they are. It's they're not right that they're the ears. <laughs> it's that they're just sticking out yeah, there. Yeah, you know? yeah. You usually want to go for the appendage first. <laughs> I mean, who bites the belly of a bunny first? <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. There's something wrong with you if you do that. I would say yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. From the Guardian, yeah. the foil wrapped chocolate bunny made by premium chocolate maker Lint. L-I-N-D-T, Lint, Lint is celebrating a legal victory after Switzerland's highest court ruled that it deserves protection from copycat products, including one made by Lidl, a German international grocery chain. Mm -hmm. Copying a bunny. Who's copying the bunny here? A bunny. Yeah. The federal court in Lausanne, Switzerland, ordered Lidl to stop selling its version of the chocolate bunnies and to destroy all its remaining <laughs> stock. Uh, they're going to melt the bunnies down properly. And <laughs> if I were them, I'd come up with some kind of, these are our counterfeit bunnies. <laughs> That's you know, right. And we're going to make them in the shape of what? How about a finger <laughs> that says, you know, F-U Lint. That would be a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Lind has been to court multiple times in recent years to protect its chocolate bunnies, of which it sells tens of millions each year. The company applied for a trademark on the three-dimensional shape of its bunny in 2000, which was granted the following year. 
The issue of whether a chocolate bunny can be trademarked subsequently came before Europe's top court, the European Court of Justice, after a long battle between Lindt and Austrian rival chocolate maker Hausworth, which also made gold-wrapped chocolate bunnies with ribbons around their necks. Hausworth was later ordered by a Vienna court to stop producing the bunnies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I want to know is when are the bunnies going to get in on this? Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's their image. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I would represent the bunnies in a lawsuit against Lindt. Yeah. Intellectual property, my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm a bunny. Right. Exactly. Well, this it, is where and exactly this is an like argument. This. this is something that you bring up quite often is <laughs> trademarks and copyrights and and the effect it has on society. Well, it stifles society. Yeah. It takes the trying. fun out of society trying to open and to assume that a image of a bunny yeah. is copyrightable is laughable. Yeah. Except for the fact that it's absolutely law. Mm-hmm. All the money we waste yeah. on lawsuits and courts trying to figure out who owns what. Right. Copyright should last five years after that. Yeah, it's anyone's game. And the way that Disney was able to game that system into yeah. holding on the rights to all of that stuff forever, basically. Well, is... they copied old folk tales. That's right. That's right. And then they act like it's their then, property. That's right. They appropriated it. Now it's theirs. Yeah. I hate Disney. I do too. Oh, from Scientific American, scientists uncovered something unexpected in the fossilized embryo of a worm-like creature from the Cambrian period the remains of a tiny donut-shaped brain in the primordial animal's head. The name of the animal? Herschel Walker. <laughs> no, no, I got I, oh, I crossed, a, I crossed my stories yeah, you The roughly 500-million-year-old fossil is an example of the marine species Marcuelia hunensis, wow. an ancient cousin of penis worms and mud dragons. Can we say that? Well, that's the only reason I put this story in is because I get to say penis worms and mud dragons. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I like both of those a lot. I don't know which I'd rather, yeah. you know, yeah. say the most. Mud dragons is a lot of fun. It sounds no. like a lot of fun. Penis worms is, you know. Yeah, it's, it's sort of. It's kind of redundant in a way. <laughs> yeah. Historically, reports of scientists finding fossilized brain tissue have been controversial because it was once thought that nervous tissue couldn't fossilize. So a brain couldn't fossilize, but now they found one. Wow. However, in this instance, the evidence looks convincing, said Nicholas Strassfeld, a regents professor in the Department of Neuroscience at the University of Arizona in Tucson, who was not involved in the study. This seems to me inescapably a tissue that is not muscle and is not gut either. So what could it be? Hmm. I would say they're neurons. Strassfield said, and specifically brain cells arranged in a ring around what would have been the animal's gut. Huh. Around its gut. Yeah, it's a stomach, a brain by a stomach. Yeah. <laughs> if this news makes you unexplainably happy, may I recommend a donation to KUCI just because? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. 
From Los Angeles Times, after a proliferating globally, a historic wave of avian flu has entered Southern California. Oh, where, good. Yeah, oh, wow. Another thing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, that's great. Pull the covers up over your head and go back to sleep. Where it is worrying, the avian flu is worrying farmers and bird lovers and could add to complications with supply chains and food prices. Already, poultry operations have had to euthanize domestic flocks of chickens and turkeys, while thousands of wild birds have died. Wildlife experts say they are seeing a wave of dying birds moving south already as far as Irvine. You're or south. Are you making that up or you just, that's true? No, no, that was in the story. Okay. Yeah. All right. As the fall migration begins of the birds. Mm -hmm. Authorities describe the surge as unprecedented in scope, breadth, and lethality. In North America alone, an estimated 50 million birds have succumbed, which experts say is probably a vast undercount. Oh In late August, one New Jersey park had to close its trail to hikers because there were too many dead vultures on the ground. Elsewhere, other animals are getting infected and dying. In Maine, an elevated number of gray and harbor seal deaths have been attributed to the disease, while in Florida, officials believed a bottle-nosed dolphin succumbed to the virus. It's also been detected in skunks and foxes. Humans are not thought to be at risk for infection, but the fact that the flu is spread to some mammals yes. is a concern. Yes, it is. Because we're mammals. We are. From Grist Magazine, Hurricane Ian. That one, you know, that big one. It mm -hmm. hit the East Coast mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. up through South Carolina and Florida and all that. It was very powerful. Very powerful. Very powerful. But uh, real estate developers made it a catastrophe. Poor yep. planning, I assume. Yep. A century ago, the coast of southwest Florida was a maze of swamps and shoals, prone to frequent flooding and almost impossible to navigate by boat. These days, the region is home to more than two million people. And over the past decade, it is ranked as one of the fastest growing parts of the country. Many of those homes sit mere feet from the ocean, surrounded by canals that flow to the Gulf of Mexico. When Hurricane Ian struck the region, its 150 mile per hour winds, extreme storm surge smashed hundreds of buildings to bits, flooded houses, and tossed around boats and mobile homes. Cities, including Fort Myers and Port Charlotte, were destroyed in a matter of hours. These vulnerable cities only exist thanks to the audacious maneuvers of real estate developers yeah. who manipulated coastal and river ecosystems to create suburbs. Gosh, I wonder if there's anything like this here hmm. in uh, Let's see. Orange County. Orange County. Newport We've been Beach, talking about yeah, the peninsula. peninsula. It used to be a swamp. Balboa Island, yeah. Linda Island. Hmm. hmm. Huh. I wonder why they're making so much money off the property where, right there when it's a swamp. It is a swamp. <laughs> but, and by You're the, living in a swamp. Yeah, yeah. You think this is classy? If you live in the Newport Beach area and you've, you've ever been on, the ecosystem? been on the peninsula. You've driven out the birds yeah. and the funny, yeah. fun little creatures yeah. down there yeah. for your goddamn fiberglass boats. <laughs> exactly. So you can enjoy yourself doing what? Showing off your wealth. Yeah. Well, F you. <laughs> yeah. 
I had to get that off my Thank chest. You. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. By the way, it used to be a joke. It was a running joke in the 30s and 40s. I remember you'd see old movies and they'd be talking about a scam. And inevitably, it was about somebody buying swampland in Florida. Yeah. It was a thing. It was one of the things that was nationally understood. Florida land is a gamble. And here we are in 2022. And they really have to make some very, very difficult and hard choices. Yeah, real estate agents are just polishing a turd when they sell you a piece of property down there. These attempts to tame the forces of nature by tearing out mangroves and draining swamps had disastrous environmental consequences, and they also allowed for the construction of tens of thousands of homes right in the water's path. That's what they did. Yeah. That's, that is the great failure of capitalism. Yes, it is. Anything for a buck. And my contention is the industry that is least regulated in this country, in my opinion, is real estate, real estate development. There is virtually no regulation on it. It's crashed the economy. It's, it's, it's doing things that are going to be detrimental to the, our ability to survive in a, in a world being changed by climate. we got to do something to regulate it. From the Atlantic, according to the investment bank Credit Suisse, the Reflation Reduction Act will have a profound effect across industries in the next decade and beyond and could ultimately shape the direction of the American economy. Many of the Inflation Reduction Act's most important provisions, such as the incentives for electric vehicles and zero carbon electricity, are uncapped tax credits. That means that as long as you meet their terms, the government will award them. Yeah. There's no budget or limit written into the law that restricts how much the government can spend. The widely cited figure for how much the Inflation Reduction Act will spend to fight climate change is $374 billion. But that's wrong, according to Credit Suisse. In fact, so many people and businesses will use those tax credits that the Inflation Reduction Act's total spending is likely to be more than $800 billion. Amen. Double what the Congressional Budget Office projects. Yeah. By the way, these figures aren't coming from Alexandria Cortez's office, right? This is Credit Suisse. Yeah, I know. A fairly conservative institution. But they're a bank. They're conservative. Yeah. The U.S. is poised to become the world's leading energy provider. Yeah. According to the bank, the number of Americans working in a climate-related industry is going to explode. Yes. So if you're looking for a job, yes. there you go. There you go. Managing climate change is a difficult technical and cultural problem. It's going to require as many attentive and enthusiastic brains as possible. That's why I'm getting Mahler in on the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, the, the politics, you, we can talk all day long about climate change and all the rest of it to our parents and to our grandparents. It's not going to matter until there's an economic hook into society yeah. where people's jobs now depend on being in a business and an, an, event, an adventure that will help save the planet. That's what will change it. And if you don't yet work in the industry, but have always cared about climate change as an issue, this is your moment to get involved. Yeah. And don't think it has to be a technical no. engineering job. I mean, you could be involved in PR, yeah. just writing copy, yeah. programming, all sorts of good stuff. Right. From the Boston Globe. Boston Globe here. Okay. Boston's Mayor Michelle Wu ordered that no new artificial 
turf be installed in city parks, making Boston the largest municipality in a small but growing number around the nation to limit the use of the product because it contains dangerous chemicals. Yes. Artificial turf. Turf. I got, there's people in my neighborhood that are just replacing their lawns or their front yard with this plastic crap. I, yes, in my and neighborhood as well. It's so absurd. Yeah. And it shows <laughs> how people are connected to the land they live on. Yeah. They're covering it up with, with dangerous chemicals. The, the all artificial turf, turf is made with toxic PFAS. Uh, compounds and some uh, is still produced with uh, ground up tires. Yeah. So these are PFAS compounds, which some have ground up tires in them that can contain heavy metals, benzene and other carcinogens that can present a health threat. Plus, you, we were talking about it yesterday, how hot it can get. Yeah, I was I was looking up the history of artificial turf, but I remember a time when Cincinnati Reds, they had a stadium, their stadium had artificial turf, Kansas City Royals, all these players, all these, I'm sorry, all these teams had it. And they would say in the summer that the the, the ground would be somewhere around 120, 125 yeah. degrees. Plus you're for the most part cutting off, enriching the soil beneath it. Right. You're just making that soil underneath it dead. Right. And it's all about appearances. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. it's green, therefore yeah. it's good. And it's, it's like fake tits, if you'll excuse the expression. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not impressed. <laughs> you know, I could be wearing those things. <laughs> Jesus. By the way. In fact, I think I will. What the hell? <laughs> what the heck? I'm going <laughs> to get plastic on my front yard and... <laughs> And fake tits. And fake tits, yeah. Maybe a little Botox. <laughs> what the heck? Then I'll move down the peninsula and float out in the ocean with the climate change. <laughs> One of the great re replacements for for uh, grass is drought-tolerant landscaping. How about if we put out some, uh, you know, drought-tolerant landscaping in, in, in the outfield? And therefore, make it a little more interesting game. Yeah, I don't even bring it up with me. I remember doing that with, with, you know, Scottish golf courses. Yeah, there you yeah, go. When yeah, when I worked for the city of Irvine, I was trying to convince a bunch of golfers that they need to go back to a Scottish golf course. There you go. Which is you use the terrain. Yeah. You have a green, yeah. and you have maybe a very thin fairway yeah. or places that you should hit yeah. on the fairway right, right. that are grass. Otherwise, you got the natural terrain. I That's the way yeah. it was played. That's the way it was invented to be played. And these pansy golfers, good God, no, they what were... a bunch of little... Weenies? Can't even see. Yeah, weenies. They were just pathetic. I, I, I suggested maybe we have some uh, native plants. Yeah. And they said, we're not going to put sycamores in there, are they? <laughs> and I said, maybe. They, they hated the leaves. And now that's all the rage, by the way, Nathan. What? In golf courses. Oh, yeah, because of the drought. Yeah, it's all the rage. Yeah. And by the way, I want to acknowledge that Nathan Callahan, when I went over to his house for the first time, was... I think you had drought-tolerant landscaping as long as I've known you, which is a long time. So well, it just makes sense. Yeah. Also, just for what it's worth, the lawns emit high levels of methane, a potent greenhouse gas, and sheds microplastics and other chemicals into waterways. That's what you get for these lawns. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM.
And now for a dog horror story. <laughs> wow. I thought there would be a little more to that. I think he's Build frightened. Think, maybe, yeah. maybe. Okay. I, mine's, mine's I thought he was going to give you. us a little more. From Jezebel, in a scandal that will surely make Mitt Romney, who strapped his family dog atop the roof of his car for a road trip, look like a PETA activist, a review of 75 studies published by Mehmet Oz between 1989 and 2010 reveals the Republican Senate candidate research, that's Oz, killed over 300 dogs and inflicted significant suffering on them and other animals used in experience. In oh experiments. God. Yeah. Oz, the New Jersey resident who's currently running for the U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania, how does that work? Was a principal investigator at the Columbia Institute uh, of Comparative Medicine Labs for years and assumed full scientific, administrative, and fiscal responsibility for the conduct of his studies. Over the course of 75 studies, Oz's team conducted experiments on at least 1,027 live animal subjects that included dogs, pigs, calves, rabbits, and small rodents. 34 of those experiments resulted in the deaths of at least 329 dogs, while two of his experiments killed 31 pigs, 28 experiments killed 661 rabbits and rodents. In the early 2000s, Testimony from whistleblower and veterinarian named Catherine Del Orto about Oz's research detailed extensive suffering inflicted on his team's canine test subjects, including multiple violations of the Animal Welfare Act, which sets minimum standards of care for dogs, cats, primates, rabbits, and other animals. The law specifically requires researchers and breeders to use pain-relieving drugs or euthanasia, on the animals and not use paralytics without anesthesia. In other words, when you use a paralytic, the dog can't move, yeah. so they needed to use anesthesia first or experiment multiple times on the same animals. That was uh, prohibited oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Del Orto testified that a dog experimented on by Oz's team experimented lethargy, vomiting, paralysis, and kidney failure, but wasn't euthanized for two full days. She alleged other truly horrifying examples of gratuitously cruel treatment of dogs, including at least one dog who was kept alive for a month for continued experimentation, despite her unstable, painful condition, and despite the fact that data from her continued experimentation was deemed unusable. In other words, they were torturing a dog for absolutely no reason. According to Del Orto, one Oz-led study resulted in a litter of puppies being killed by intracardiac injection mm. with syringes of expired drugs inserted in their hearts without any sedation. Oh, my God. Upon being killed, the puppies were allegedly left in a garbage bag with living puppies who were their litter mates. Oh, my God. For our Pennsylvania listeners, if this sounds ghoulish, you might consider voting for John Fetterman instead of this ass-crack Oz. He's a dog torturer. This is the Pennsylvania Senate race. Yeah, How do these people even make it into well, this running is, for office? This is another whole shot me. Why, why this is happening. But yeah. yeah, this between that and Herschel Rocker, Herschel Walker, these guys out of Arizona, these guys, oh, it's just awful. It's just an yeah. awful group of people. Herschel no Walker is an insult. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
that he's even running for Senate. Heck, you know, he's an idiot. Yes, I think he's certifiably an idiot. Yeah. From The Verge, the Federal Communications Commission is threatening to block calls from voice service providers that have yet to take meaningful action against illegal robocalls. This is good news. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. This isn't, Mahler's just shivering in the corner right no now. No kidding. For what it's I don't care what, yeah, Jesus, don't blame him. I don't think he's going to vote for Oz. This is a new era. Uh, if the provider doesn't meet its obligations, we're talking about the uh, robocalls now, under the law, it now faces expulsion from America's phone networks. Fines alone aren't enough, FCC Chairwoman Re Jessica Rosenworcel said. Providers that don't follow our rules and make it easy to scam consumers will now face swift consequences. The FCC orders target several carriers, including Acabus, Cloud4, Global UC, Horizon Technology Group, Morse Communication, Sharon Telephone Company, and SW Kansas Telecommunications and Technology. These providers have fallen woefully short and have now put at risk their continued participation in the U.S. communications system. That's what the FCC Acting Chief of Enforcement Standards says. So they won't be able to use the phone anymore, essentially. The FCC's announcement marks one of the most significant actions the agency has taken to combat illegal robocalls since the stir-shaken requirements. That's a technology framework designed to reduce fraudulent robocalls and illegal phone uh, number spoofing went into effect. In 2020, the FCC approved the rules forcing all voice service providers to verify the authenticity of incoming calls. By the FCC's June 2021 deadline, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon had all uh, implemented the technology. That's fantastic. So good on them. I, you know, you can complain about them, but at least they're trying to keep up the standards. Yeah. And by this, one of those stories that 99.9% uh, .9 of the American people would cheer out loud if they hear about this. Yeah. This is something that we all live with. And it's one of those things that it, you ask yourself, why is this happening? Yeah. Well, hopefully that's the end of it. Yeah. From Smithsonian Magazine, the world's whitest paint reflects up to 97.9% .9 of sunlight and has the potential to cool the exteriors of airplanes, cars, trains and even spacecraft. They just came up with this new version of the white paint. Yeah. As the planet warms because of human-caused climate change, the paint could be an innovative, passive way to keep spaces and people cool. At the same time, it could reduce our reliance on energy guzzling and heat-emitting air conditioners that contribute to global warming. Yay. The paint is an improvement on an earlier formula, which was too thick to be applied to anything but stationary structures. Now, researchers say they've refined the paint with an ultra-thin formula that's safe for coating vehicles. They can just paint this thing anywhere and at that's, least reflect some of the sunlight back up. And, this is a big development if yeah. it's implemented on a wide scale. This is huge. Okay, well, great. Very great. That dog story, I haven't seen Mahler for quite a while now. I don't blame him. I'm a little bit... Uh, I would be. Mahler! Let's talk about something more fun. Yeah. Did you see Aaron Judge hit his uh, 67? I did. I watched, it, I watched it happen, yes. Wow. Yeah. You were right there. Well, it was on Major League uh, Network, Major League Baseball Network. You almost uh, caught it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Did you see the guy? Yeah. 
that jumped down out of the stands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's thinking they're going to bobble yeah, it's gonna, it, and yeah, yeah it's going to, and he's going to be down. right. Smart move. Yeah, got to admit it wasn't near him. So you know, he yeah, said, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll take a chance. I don't know. I don't know if he got injured, but it was a, it was a smart move. But, well, if he caught it, yeah. he'd have the money to pay for his injury. <laughs> well, do you know? I don't know if you're going to get into this, but the guy who caught it. Apparently, well, it's worth a lot of money. I mean, obviously. Yeah, and he didn't want to give it up right now. It's yeah. good for him. He's thinking about things. He yeah. was being cool about it. He yeah. wasn't being a jerk. Yeah. He was saying, you know, I'm going to hold it for right now. Well, in terms yeah. of baseball memorabilia, right? Yeah. It's got to rank right up near the top of, of, uh, of that. And Judges, so, number 62. Yeah. From the Washington Post, you would think Judge broke Major League's baseball single-season home run record with his 62nd home run. He didn't. He did not. The record is 73, set by should-be Hall of Famer Barry Bonds. And this is a little bit of whitewashing going on now. That Major League Baseball would just as soon do one of those. These yeah. are not the droids you're looking for moment for, yeah. uh, for people around the world because it's Bonds, it's Sosa, it's McGuire. Yeah, they, all, they all were steroid they were users. They roided up, and yeah. nobody wants to remember that now. So huh. and, and Aaron Judge seems like a pretty good pretty cool dude to me so yeah. yeah but at the same time they broke the record yeah they did yeah and who's to say what what aaron judge has done yeah well how how has he manipulated his body well, how yeah. does he have yeah. muscles like that yeah are there vitamins involved yeah there weren't maybe that weren't around during the i'm the, sure uh, they've refined 1990s. all of those elements all of those yeah. ingredients if you will that to a point where that's all completely legal now but uh but let's, I mean, honest, let's give Barry Bonds his due. Yeah. That dude would, could hit anything out of the park, anything out. And he was, he was amazing. Yeah. He it really was quite, quite, a, quite something to watch him. Well, and baseball is filled with cheating. Yes. And they never call people on it. Yes. The Houston Astros. Right. Won the World Series cheating. And they still have their yeah. rings. Yeah. And the New York Giants from 1951, that was cheating. When the the, the Bobby Thompson around the world, Bobby Thompson, the home run. Yeah, yeah. There was a telescope. There's somebody using a telescope yeah. to sold signals, yeah. and they knew what pitch was coming. Well, that was the same year the Giants came from 13 games back of the Dodgers in September, yeah. and got to a playoff games with the Dodgers because they were cheating. Yeah, but nobody mentions those kind of cheaters because no. because of why I don't know. Yeah, I mean could the good it be old that days. Bonds is is black. It could be. He, he was certainly a grumpy guy. He wasn't the happiest player. Yeah. Maybe he just rubbed people wrong. He but, was an arrogant guy. He well, was. He was. He had something to be arrogant about. No, I agree, but plus, he was not Plus, he was pissed off. They treated his father wrong. Yeah. His father was yeah. in the major yeah. leagues, too. Yeah. And the management looked the other way during yeah. all of this. Yeah. yeah. And they had to have suppliers out there. Right. Certainly, Major League Baseball knew this was going right. on. Right. They did nothing about it for years. And then all of a sudden, they... They uh, demonize right. the people who, what, set records right. because of it. Right. Bonds was a great player from the time he stepped on the field as a major league ball player. Don't he forget was, how all the, all the money he brought in, too. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. he did bring in a lot he of was, money. He was extraordinary. He really was. He had an on-base percentage of over 600. Right. Now, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's like a... a uh, a low percentage for a free throw in basketball. That's this is how good he was and how the other teams viewed him. He was routinely walked with the bases loaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who does that? Yes. So Bonds yeah. is the king. In my book, Aaron Judge pointed out as much. 
Bond 73 is the record Judge told the San Francisco Chronicle last month. I watched him do it. I stayed up late watching him do it. That's the record. No one can take that from him. Yeah. In the meantime, congratulations to Aaron Judge. He's the American League champ right Amen. now. I hope he comes back and beats Barry Bonds' record next year. Amen. And by great. the way, he's a free agent, and he's from the Bay Area. Whoa! -ho. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He grew up in the Bay Area, so. And that'd be fun. Oh, uh, and the the Giants don't have that player now. I like yeah. Yastrzemski. I like, I like their team, but they don't have uh, they don't have that guy right now. So, and they got money. From Science News. Mahler! <laughs> come on, Mahler. Come, out now. come, come on. on. Come on. He's going to lose, Mahler. Oz is going to lose. Come on. Yeah, there you go. There we go. All right. <laughs> From Science U News. Using your teeth for hearing aids may be the future. This is amazing. Vibrations applied to replacements for teeth travel well through jawbones to the inner ear, researchers reported in the September Journal of the Acoustical Society of America. The finding could lead to alternatives to conventional hearing aids uh, like cochlear implants yeah. that people uh, with hearing impairments often use. Previous tooth-based hearing aids clipped onto molars and received sound wirelessly from a micro microphone placed behind the ear. That's what they used to do. Yeah. But these speakers are literally in your teeth. Volunteers using the new device could hear sounds through implants as well as or better than through natural teeth or mastoid bones, the research reports. According to the researchers, compared with traditional hearing aids, dental implant hearing aids offer excellent concealment, good comfort, and improved quality of sound. But you're going to have to pay to have your teeth extracted, I guess. Oof. That sounds a little bit rough. Well, if you're on your way to getting your teeth extracted and yeah. you have bad hearing. If you got if you got a place for one, yeah. pop one in there. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if to hear in stereo you need one on each side of your <laughs> mouth. So cool. Maybe yeah. maybe put a little Bluetooth in there. Yeah. So you know uh -huh. you're, yeah, you're, just pick up anybody, pick up, right? You're listening to your streaming service and Yeah. What do they call that? The Apple Watch? Yeah. They'll there have you the go. Apple Tooth pretty soon. <laughs> and finally, from the New York Times. A man who was arrested over a Facebook parody aimed at his local police department is trying to take his case to the Supreme Court. The Parma, Ohio man in question, Anthony Novak, spent four days in jail over a Facebook page he created in 2016 that mocked his local police department. He was charged with using a computer to disrupt police functions, but a jury found him not guilty. Now he's filing suit and getting help from an unlikely source a satirical online news source, The Onion, yes. which filed a friend of the court brief this week. Americans can be put in jail for poking fun at the government, the brief asked. This was a surprise to America's finest news source and uncomfortable learning experience for its editorial team. In a filing that read in places like one of its articles, The Onion claimed a readership of 4.3 trillion and boasted that it owns and operates the majority of the world's transoceanic shipping lanes. Chapter headings included parody functions by tricking people into thinking that it is real, and it should be obvious that parodists cannot be prosecuted for telling a joke with a straight face. Amen. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. WeeklySignals.com Subscribe now!